0: I'm Joe Dudek, president and founder of Keyhole Marketing. And I'm Shannon Jarek. I work for Keyhole as the assistant brand manager. And this is Metaphorically Speaking, a podcast that explores the mysterious side of marketing. Hey there. Welcome to Metaphorically Speaking, or welcome back if you got a chance to listen to our first season, which we launched back in March. Since then, man, it has been a busy, busy couple of months. Uh, on April 15th, my wife, my son, my dog, and I packed up our house and moved from Indianapolis to Colorado. Ended up finding a house down in Colorado Springs, which we moved into in June. So still getting used to the life out in the in the West. We've got, we're have kind of legitimately up in the mountains, so we have plenty of wildlife just in our backyard. We've got mule deer eating all of our plants (laughs) we've got bobcat black bear and some i think there's some mountain lions as well back there but so every day is just a new adventure never know what you're going to see or experience and if you know me it's really somewhere i belong for a long time so like i said we just love it out here and i can't really say i miss the midwest a whole lot so right now we're in this in between time where we've wrapped up season one talking about how to tell your business story And right now my co-host Shannon Jarek and I are already busy preparing season two where we hope to talk about the fears related to marketing and business leadership. And during this unseason, this time between the two seasons, we want to fill this space with things we've done on the blog the last several years. If you've been following along on uh, Keyhole Marketing, you've seen that we've had regular conversations with entrepreneurs to explore their personal stories, like what are the things that happened in their lives that led them to start their business. And we've always explored the plot twist that took place that led them to stop what they were doing and take the leap of faith to start their own business. We've got about 25 such interviews on the blog, and we just want to move those conversations, start those conversations over here in the podcast. And today we're going to start with Lily and Madeline. They're a folk pop sister group out of Indianapolis, and this past February they dropped their fourth LP release called Canterbury Girls. And today our conversation covers the differences in this new album compared to some of their past ones. We also talk about their musical influences growing up and how they cope with sharing their art with the world. And of course, we also explored the plot twist that took place in their lives, which allowed them to pursue their musical dreams in the first place. So thanks again for listening. I hope you enjoy our conversation.
1: So where are you now? Are you back in Indiana already? Or are you still in the process of coming back? Or what's going on?
2: Yeah, we're back in Indy, and we're going to Europe on Monday for our
3: like next bit of tour.
1: Oh, that's awesome. And what was the, I forget why you said, what was the reason to come back to Indiana again?
3: Um, Our lease was up in New York, and so we just thought we would uh, come back to Indy and regroup and then reconsider. Yeah, I mean,
2: we haven't really been in our apartment, like, since January, like, at all. So it doesn't make sense uh, to be paying much when you're not even there, you know?
1: For sure, yeah. Is it good to be back there? Did you miss Indy, or is it good to be away? What were, what's kind of your thoughts on that?
3: It's nice to be home. Yeah, it's always comforting to be back. I miss New York a little bit already. But, um, you know, we'll be back there soon, I think.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. We talked a little bit last time. Is just like the transition from Indy, the Midwest to Brooklyn, New York. Um, how has Brooklyn maybe changed you and your time there, do you think?
2: Well, I definitely feel accomplished that like we were able to pack up and move to a different state like so far away and make it work. And, you know, a city as challenging as New York, like, I definitely feel accomplished that we did that. And I feel now that I have such a better understanding of, of New York, and I definitely would want to move back. Um, but I don't know, because, like, we've been, we've been touring for so long. Like, I feel like the move wasn't that. You no, know, it wasn't even that big of a deal. Yeah. yeah.
1: Mhm. Um, when you guys grew up listening to music, what was some of the music that um,
3: maybe,
1: <laughs> who did you listen to that maybe influenced your sound um, today?
3: Well, I would say when we were growing up, like, I remember getting my first iPod Shuffle. Um, Do you remember the, like, stick one? Yeah. um, (laughs) With no stick or anything. So I remember, like, taking that to the pool and listening to, um, who did I listen to? Like, I listened to Enya a lot. (laughs) Honestly, I loved Enya. And I listened to, like, Allie and AJ. They were, like, a sister group um, Mm -hmm. when we were younger. And then um, Green Day was also on my iPod Shuffle. Um, and then as I got older, I got more into like indie music, like indie pop and alternative rock music. Um, and I listened to Arcade Fire a lot. Their album, The Suburbs, was really good. And nice. Regina Spector is another incredible songwriter that I love.
1: How about you, Lily? Who did you listen to growing up?
2: I mean, same here. I guess I also, I remember on my iPod shuffle listening to The Strokes and like some random Beatles songs that got thrown in there. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean,
1: imagine I listened to pretty much the same stuff growing up. I really like JoJo a lot, also. Mm. Yeah, totally, totally. I forgot about some of those bands. I <laughs> Just mentioned them, <laughs> I know. them up again. What's some of the, maybe your first recollections of music making an impact on you? Like when you started going, wow, like I really love music. It really impacts me as a person. When do, what are some of your first recollections of that happening?
3: I remember uh, singing and playing in church when I was younger. Um, mm. and like just the way that you know, you could sing the same song with different melodies I thought was really interesting and like harmonizing with the choir was really interesting. Um I would say I don't know if I had a moment where I realized that it impacted
2: me, but I had a moment where I realized it didn't impact others in the same way. And I guess mm. that's kind
3: of the same Yeah, I think that's the same thing. Like
1: it's Yeah, so we you saw it just impacted you more deeply than somebody else. They were just sort of like, oh, that's just something going on in the background. Into to you, you took a moment. Right. And I was like, like oh my God,
2: like, how can you feel that way? Yeah, how can you ignore yeah.
1: that amazing thing? <laughs> no, that's awesome. Talk me through a little bit. I know that's been fairly well documented, but maybe that plot twist that happened in your life that led you into music and how you got discovered and got connected to the industry and all that sort of thing.
3: Um, I would say our plot twist happened in 2012. Yeah. um when Lily was were you a sophomore was a when Lily was a freshman in high school and I think I was a junior um and so we had been you know we loved music our whole lives and played and whatnot um for fun and then uh we were doing some cover videos just for fun because you know other people were doing it and we were like you know we're good too we can do this um mm. and so it was um a family friend who passed along one of our videos to a producer. And then he, his name is Paul Mahern, um and he works in Bloomington, and he's really incredible. And so he um, challenged us to write our own music. And so I would say that writing our own music was the major catalyst for where we are today. Um, because before, you know, we had just kind of written poems and silly songs just for fun, um, but nothing mm-hmm. too serious. And then getting challenged to write an EP and then record that EP and release it on a label, um, yeah, it just changed our lives.
1: Um, when did you know that, like, the music thing was for you? So you sort of like you, you had that opportunity come around. Did, when did you start to see, like, okay, this is uh, this could be a career for us versus, wow, that was an interesting opportunity, but now we have to get back to the to reality. When did you sort of like it clicked in your mind and said, okay, this is this is for us. We should pursue this.
2: Um, I think. I mean, I think our approach has always just been like taking it one step at a time, one tour at a time, one album at a time, you know. Um, I don't think it was until like pretty recently, like being able to look back on everything now to be able to be like, no, this is like my career, this is my life. But like, I feel like when we first started out, definitely, it was just sort of like, let's see where this goes. Let's see what happens. And mm-hmm. I don't think, I mean, I dropped out of high school. I guess I would say that was the moment where I was like, okay, we're really like going for it now. But hmm. even then I was like, I can always go back, you yeah. know.
1: Yeah. For sure. And were you both always in agreement about that? Was there one sort of like leading the charge and rallying the other person into the music thing? Were you both kind of always in step with, with that?
3: I think we were in sync with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know so music, I mean you weren't you sort of like if things happen quickly for you as you stepped into into the music world, what are some things, you know, you didn't really maybe step in with like a ton of knowledge about the industry and things to, to expect. What are some of the lessons you've learned uh, in the industry so far uh, over the last several years?
2: Everything is so expensive all the time and you just have to be willing to invest, invest definitely, and also do things for experience and for fun. Because, mm. you know, I mean, imagine I don't really make a lot of profit, you know, streaming. Yeah. so. So poorly paid but whatever um yeah i don't know i think it definitely taught me to be more confident and to like assert what i need mm-hmm. um but i mean the general shit that you learn from any job like there are creepy people there are people who don't work as hard as you or greedy mm-hmm. you know people
3: i've learned also that um there's so many different moving parts to making a a record and there's like you know management a booking agent um you know producers and an engineer and songwriters and there's just a lot that goes into uh, a music career that i didn't even realize
1: yeah yeah for sure are there things that you maybe Aspired with your life, maybe before music came around, and you think, like, wow, I still wish we could pursue that, or maybe I'll still do that one day once this kind of winds down. Are there sort of life aspirations that you dreamed of as a, as a child that maybe had to be put on hold for the music?
2: When I was in eighth grade, I really wanted to be like a bass player in a band. Like, I've always wanted to make music, but I never wanted to be like the front person. Mm, um, yeah. But so, you know, I considered like maybe like doing art history or something in college. Mm. Um, and I would get a degree, you know, once we if we have time and money at some point, I would love yeah. to do that. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
3: Um, I would say that I, I thought about being a journalist, honestly. I thought that that might be a fun career path because um, I love to mm. write. Um, uh, kind of like what you're doing, honestly, like that's, interviewing people really. and stuff. I thought that would be cool.
1: I could yeah, still do it.
3: Awesome.
1: So. No, definitely. Yeah, you definitely have the connections, I'm sure. That'd be great. So you're kind of in between tours. How how did the first round, I guess, go? I mean, how are you feeling about the, putting the music out there, playing it live? What kind of feedback are you getting?
3: I feel really good about it. We've been getting a lot of good feedback, and we sold out a couple shows on the last tour, which was great, and we're hoping to sell out um, a show or two in Europe as well. Um, so it's, it's gotten a lot of good feedback. I think that uh, it's our best-selling record to date, which is really exciting. And, mm. um, yeah, the tour has been going really well.
1: That's awesome. Are you excited about the next one? Is this your first European tour? Have you been over there before?
3: We've been there before. I think this might be our fourth time. This is the first time with a a drummer.
2: We've toured in the past as a duo a lot and also with our cello. So this is our first time being like full band. Yeah, that's
1: true. Nice. That's awesome. Were there things you were trying as you put this album together, like things you were trying to accomplish? Was there a purpose of like, we need to put this out here to do this? Or is it always just sort of like, We have this sort of boiling up inside of us and we have to get it out in this album form.
3: It's more the second one, more of like we just had these feelings bubbling up inside us that we just wanted to release in this record. Um, I would say that we didn't really go into the studio with like a concept for the whole record as a whole, necessarily. We just had like this collection of songs that had like very similar themes. Um, And then as we got more into the recording process, we realized um, like the central themes of the record. Um, And so that was really fun to get to kind of explore our own music.
1: Mm -hmm. That's great. Can you describe a little bit just from... In the industry that I'm in, uh, being a writer and, and former journalist and all that kind of stuff. Can you talk a little bit about your songwriting process, maybe how that works through this album, but maybe just on, a, on an ongoing basis um,
2: in your life? Well, my process, this is Lily speaking, is usually I mm-hmm. just sit down piano. Um, it's usually piano instead of guitar, but sometimes I do guitar if it's, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I'll yeah. just like kind of play and zone out and see what i feel like playing and then you know <clears throat> usually when i write a song it's only about a minute long it's like a part a and a part b or like a verse and a chorus but um i don't mm-hmm. know i guess i sometimes think about specifically trying to write something but mostly it's just sort of like whatever and feeling mm-hmm. yeah
1: just just like sometimes some random thoughts that just hit through your through your brain and you're not mm-hmm. it's not a organized thought yeah but you just have to get it out there
3: yeah,
1: exactly. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always curious about that because writing songs is just a different art form for sure. And I've tried it in the past for fun, and it's just so foreign to me because I, I kind of sit down and write with a different purpose, and there's usually some, I'm going to accomplish this or I want to say this thing, and then I have it organized as far as starting here, ending here, what are the three takeaways and that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm always curious to, to to get inside the brain of a songwriter because it just is so different from anything that I do, but. You yeah, I that. think
2: that, I think for me, at least when I sit down and try to be like, I want to say this and I want it to sound like this, like I end up getting frustrated because it's never like, mm-hmm. it's never as good as I want it to be. Mm-hmm. So I think like mm-hmm. the key is to just not judge yourself and just make what you make.
1: Yeah, there is definitely a form of that of just free writing, put it out there and then just judge it later, like critique it, edit it later, but just get it out there for sure. Can we talk a little bit just maybe about was there a particular audience or listener in mind when you created this album or is it just sort of, again, just, trying to put it out there and whoever receives it receives it um and you're fine with that
3: i almost feel like i was writing this record for my past self a little bit um Mm. because this record um was definitely inspired by like difficult events and like things that i've learned and grown from um so i feel like it was almost kind of like just talking to my to my past self from a future perspective and saying like everything's going to be okay and and stuff like that um but also um but also I, I feel like when I'm when we're making a record, I I don't really picture my audience for the most part. I kind of just put it out there and just wanna see what people how people react.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I think that's the interesting part too about that's sort of the last question I had in mind of what it feels like for you as artists to, you know, work kind of in a in a silo and be able to put that thing out, pull some things from internally and put them out and put them in a forum that shares that story. But then you actually have to put it out there and share it with somebody else and like get that reaction from them, especially when it is such a personal experience. So how does that feel for you now that it's, you're sharing these songs with people? I mean, is there, is there a lot of fear for that for you? Is it, um, is it actually maybe cathartic to actually to share with people and get that feedback? Like what, how does that, how does that affect you, the two of you and you share, finally get a chance to share your artwork?
2: Honestly, I feel like my I'm always just thinking about how it feels for me to sing these songs on stage or how it feels for me to write them and it's nice when people like them and obviously I want people to like them. But um I don't know, I just like think that it has to be about expressing your own emotions and if somebody relates to that that's awesome. But like I don't leave mm-hmm. reviews. Um <laughs> I just don't like it. You know, yeah. I don't know, it makes it so weird. Cuz like this no, is I like my you. life that I'm thinking about and people are like judging it judging
1: it's it, funny you know? yeah it's yeah, it's funny and weird and, and in a lot of different ways i totally hear you yeah for sure well from our vantage point from our, i i appreciate you putting it out there i think that always it gives us a platform to see like what are ways we need to express some stuff that we're, that's going on for us and even though you um i'm sure get some weird feedback known or unknown um it's always good as a listener to go okay wait what are some things i need to explore in my life so i appreciate that what you guys do in your writing for sure so Thank you. Cool. Yeah, well, thanks so much again for the time.
2: Thank you, Thank you too. You. Thank
0: you. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to Metaphorically Speaking. If you've enjoyed this episode, please rate us on iTunes and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. For more information and to check out our full library of entrepreneurial interviews, visit keyholemarketing.us. Also, feel free to send us an email anytime at hi@KeyholeMarketing.us. Thank you for listening.